Welcome to the Lexington Public Library's Tales from the Kentucky Room podcast, where we discuss everything Lexington and Fayette County history. I'm Miriam, and in each episode of this podcast, we will feature a guest that will share a piece of local history. So thank you for tuning in and enjoy. Lee's Row, Davis Bottom, Adamstown, Brewstown, Maddoxtown, Town, Jonestown, and South Hill. These are all historical communities in Lexington that were predominantly inhabited by African Americans. Prior to the Civil War, Lexington's economy heavily relied on the free labor of enslaved black people. After the war, many freedmen began purchasing land in areas throughout Lexington and forming small communities. Our guest on the podcast today is Brenna Pye, librarian at Eastside, to give us more details about just a few of these black enclaves of Lexington. During the antebellum period, Lexington was a thriving community built and sustained by slave labor. The success of the hemp and the horse industry, two of Lexington's most profitable products, was made possible by the abundance of free labor provided by enslaved Black people. During this period in Lexington, enslaved Black people, free Black people, and the white community lived in a fairly integrated society, though one based on a racial and social hierarchy. After the Civil War, formerly enslaved men, women, and children around the bluegrass found themselves newly designated citizens and set about to create their own communities. In the postbellum period, enclaves of newly freed Black people began developing in Lexington and throughout the bluegrass. In rural Fayette County, some formerly enslaved people had the opportunity to purchase land from white landowners, selling tracts to newly freed people. With this new land, Black people began developing hamlets, small settlements, outside of Lexington, and many of them were adjacent to former horse farms. Typically, these rural hamlets were populated by laborers who had been groomers, handlers, and trainers on those same farms before emancipation. Communities like Cadentown near Hamburg and Bracktown off of Leestown Road are examples of those Black hamlets. Other formerly enslaved Black people around the bluegrass migrated into Lexington seeking family they had been separated from, new opportunities, and a new life. From 1866 until 1872, an office of the Bureau of Refugees, Freedmen, and Abandoned Lands, known as the Freedmen's Bureau, operated in Lexington. This bureau was tasked with supervising and managing all matters relating to refugees and freedmen, as well as lands abandoned or seized during the Civil War. In Lexington, the Freedmen's Bureau was responsible for supervising labor contracts between planters and freedmen, administering justice, assisting freedmen in the establishment of schools, helping freedmen legalize marriages, and working with black soldiers and their heirs to process claims relating to military service. Much like their rural counterparts, newly freed Black people in Lexington came together to develop enclaves within the city. Residential neighborhoods like Adamstown, Brucetown, Davis Bottom, Goodlowtown, Kincaidtown, Prawltown, and Smithtown. While some of these Black enclaves have been well-researched and documented, others still need their full stories told and their impact on Lexington recognized. In this podcast, we'll discuss the history and development of three of the traditionally Black residential neighborhoods, Adamstown, Brucetown, and Davis Bottom. 
The stories of these neighborhoods are not just stories about race and racism. They are also stories about working people in Lexington, the people that helped build the city you see today. Black enclaves within the Lexington city limits started to develop after 1865, through the 1870s, and into the early 1880s. They were established in a similar fashion to the rural hamlets. White landowners would subdivide their large land holdings in town and lease or sell that property to newly freed individuals and families. The dearth of housing in Lexington to accommodate newly freed migrants led to many of these new communities being developed in less desirable areas, such as swampy bottomlands. Davis Bottom was one of those communities. Established between 1860 and 1870, Davis Bottom was a neighborhood located southwest of Lexington, bordered by High Street to the north, Maxwell Street to the east, Broadway to the south, and the Cincinnati Southern Railroad tracks to the west. The area is named after William Willard Davis, a white lawyer and land speculator from Madison County. In 1865, Davis purchased 43 lots on what is now Darude Street, which itself is named after a Dutch land speculator and doctor who built homes for black residents in Davis Bottom. A radical Republican and civil rights advocate, most of the lots Willard Davis sold were to individual families and other land speculators. Some of the first residents to move into Davis Bottom were Black Union Army veterans from the United States Colored Troops. One of those veterans was Robert Elijah Hathaway, the father of famed Lexington sculptor Isaac Scott Hathaway. As a community, Davis Bottom stands out from other Black enclaves in Lexington because following its formation, it was a racially diverse community of working class people. Black people and poor European immigrants all made Davis Bottom their home. Many of the residents of Davis Bottom were employed by the railroads due to the area's proximity to the tracks and depots. Davis Bottom was a close-knit community supported by benevolent civic organizations, as well as the local church, Historic Pleasant Green Missionary Baptist. In 1874, the church opened one of the first schools for Black students in town, in Davis Bottom. When Davis Bottom was formed, although it was a diverse community, it was primarily African American, and census records indicate the population was 69% Black and 31% White in 1880. Around the turn of the century, the racial demographics of the area began to change with an influx of migrants from Eastern Kentucky. Many of these migrants came to Lexington because of the job opportunities in the growing tobacco industry, which by 1910 was the largest in the world. Although the community of Davis Bottom was not segregated, the educational institutions were. The Patterson Street School was built for black students in 1896, and the Abraham Lincoln School, founded by Madeline McDowell Breckenridge, opened for white children in 1912. In the 2010s, a large portion of Davis Bottom was demolished for the Newtown Pike Extension Project. And although historically it has been an extremely impoverished neighborhood, for over 150 years, Davis Bottom was a vibrant, tight-knit community built on mutual aid and collective care. The families that lived and still live there know their community as a diverse and safe place where your neighbors are your family. Another historically Black enclave in Lexington that was demolished in the name of progress is Adamstown. 
Located where the University of Kentucky Memorial Coliseum now sits, Adamstown was developed on a hill on what was the outskirts of Lexington in the early 1870s. Named after Kentucky politician and enslaver George Madison Adams, from whom the land was purchased, by 1880, Adamstown had 65 Black families living in the community. The 22 acres of land that constituted Adamstown was located between Avenue of Champions, formerly East Winslow, and Adams Street, and bordered by Rose Street and Lexington Avenue. In 1881, the Agricultural and Mechanical College of Kentucky, the precursor to the University of Kentucky, was established in the same vicinity as Adamstown. Many Adamstown residents were laborers on this early campus, including Pierre Whitting, a UK employee for 57 years, thought to be the first Black employee of the university. From the outset, the university was interested in expanding in the area around Adamstown, and in 1919, it purchased, cleared, and redeveloped some parcels of land there. By 1943, the remainder of the neighborhood was demolished, some 80 homes, to prepare for the construction of Memorial Coliseum. Unfortunately, the historical record doesn't say much about how or where the remaining residents of Adamstown were relocated. But a working-class neighborhood was destroyed for what the town believed was a greater purpose. Memorial Coliseum opened in 1950 and ceased use as an arena in 1976 when Rupp Arena was built downtown. In 2019, the University of Kentucky erected an historical marker identifying and memorializing Adamstown and Pierre Whitting. This memorialization is the first step in recognizing the importance of the Black community to both Lexington and the university. In 1865, on the other side of Lexington, Brucetown was developed. Named after William Wallace Bruce, the son of a wealthy hemp merchant, Brucetown was situated on low-lying land between the Beltline Railroad to the north, North Limestone Street to the east, 7th Street to the south, and Broadway to the west. Like his father, W.W. Bruce was in the industrial hemp industry, and after the Civil War, subdivided the property near his hemp factory on North Limestone to provide land for housing for newly freed people. This was beneficial to Bruce because he needed industrial labor to continue running his hemp factory, and beneficial to newly freed people because this provided housing and jobs. And although many residents of Brucetown were employed as industrial hemp laborers, it was one of the black enclaves with the highest percentage of farm laborers. In 1880, there were 513 homes in Brucetown, making it one of the larger black enclaves in Lexington. Two years earlier, in 1878, tragedy and racial violence came to Brucetown when a white mob of seven men murdered three black men there. Tom Turner, Edward Claxton, and John Davis were killed due to suspicions they had knowledge about the murder of a white man two weeks earlier. While the murder made the national news, I don't know what happened to their murderers. In 1909, Brucetown suffered environmental tragedy when the neighborhood was completely submerged by a rainstorm. Even through racial violence and environmental catastrophe, Brucetown has maintained its sense of community cohesion and pride. 
Evergreen Baptist Church has been a cornerstone of the community since 1869, and the Brucetown Neighborhood Association periodically holds Brucetown Day celebrations, although the last one was in 2001. Unlike Adamstown and most of Davis Bottom, Brucetown continues to thrive and grow as a community. This brief introduction to Lexington's Black enclaves demonstrates that many of the histories of these Black residential areas around town, as well as the stories of their inhabitants, have been lost to time or ignored by the larger white population. Perhaps it's because the enclaves were situated in areas deemed undesirable, and those undesirable areas and populations were very easily gentrified and displaced. What is clear is that more research needs to be done to fully explore these neighborhoods and the lives and stories of their residents. Thanks for listening to Tales from the Kentucky Room, a podcast brought to you by the Central Library's Kentucky Room staff at the Lexington Public Library. If you enjoyed listening, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. If you have any questions about local history or genealogy research, you can visit us in the Kentucky Room to use our collection and newspaper microfilm, or you can email us at elibrarian at lexpublib.org. That's elibrarian at lexpublib.org. I'm Miriam, and we'll be back with another trip down Lexington's memory lane.